From Noble Robot on East Hennepin Avenue in Radical Dude, Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Ellen Burns Johnson, and I make nice games. I'm Steve McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Arthur Croy, I too make nice games. In this episode, it's a third-party post-mortem, mid-mortem, pre-mortem, with Frank DeMarco and Blake Andrews, developers on the alternative controller game Scrapeboard. Scrapeboard. So let's start. <laughs> No take two this week. Nah. No, you got it. Just let's let's go oh, with it. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> I think we we made the yeah. title so people would mess up the pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> well, job well done. Nailed it. Nailed it. Scrapeboard. Um. So welcome, y'all. Welcome from 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 Brooklyn. Is where oh, y'all yeah. look at. <laughs> So uh, we've been meaning to have you on the show for a good long while. Um, I didn't, but the two of you met these other two at GDC. Is that right? I don't. I don't think we've met before. We, uh, we have seen. We saw your project at GDC specifically yeah, yeah. Uh, at the All GDC um, Expo, mm-hmm. um, and it was really cool. I was interested in you know uh, checking it out, but there's just so many things at GDC, and you just it's hard to spread your time correctly. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, I uh, I was very curious to 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 have y'all on to talk about uh, Scrapeboard because uh, yeah, it just seemed it seemed like a cool time. It also seemed like a good exercise because <laughs> so, people were really moving around on that. Should we just recap what the game is for listeners who haven't yeah. haven't played it yet, who have yet to play it because they will want to? Yeah. All right, tell us about your game, you guys. Why is it Scrapeboard and not something easier to pronounce? <laughs> It's a it well it's a it's an alternative controller game. It's a it has it has a different type of controller than games usually have. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's a skateboard deck. So not the wheels, but, just the deck. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's just the deck. It doesn't have the wheels on it. We took the wheels off and we put metal on the bottom of it. Okay. Yeah, and that's the and that made it, it a video game control. Yes, <laughs> seeing it on the show floor, I'm like, okay, so there's some sort of those would make contacts with some other surface, but I couldn't quite just from looking at it make you quite figure out exactly how the input um, mechanism works. So can you describe that? <laughs> there's. The, do you want the long version or the short version? Well, we're like two minutes into the show, so I think we can afford the long version. <laughs> yes, yeah, do the long version. <laughs> Uh, So, yeah, basically it is just like a circuit board where they're, well, it depends on the version of the the scrape board that uh, we've we've gone through like a bunch of different prototypes, but they all essentially work the same way where there's basically metal on the bottom of the board Mm. and then there are four metal pads um, Mm. on on the floor. And basically if you connect any two pads together, basically... You know, your pad connects to the two below any two uh, pads. It, you know, sends a signal. Um, and the kind of weird, cool thing about this that's very technical is um, usually with electronics, you have, you know, I forget all the names of all this stuff because I'm not very good <laughs> at electronics. And this is really the only thing I've done with electronics. But you basically have, you know, like the signal in the ground. Mm-hmm. but the way we're doing it is it's constantly rotating uh, which pad is is the ground, right? So oh. That's like the, the kind of weird thing we're doing with this. 
because initially we had four pads and then like a ground strip in the middle and we were like it'd be cooler if it were just the four pads yeah it's a little bit more magical that way if Mm -hmm. if you know anything about electronics (laughs) uh but yeah the uh and, and like we didn't know anything about electronics and then we started making it and there's this thing called makey makey and for that thing you have to have a separate ground so we had there used to be like this cross section in between all the pads that was like another metal piece and like you had to be touching that as well and for the makey makey the example that they use is like you can turn a banana into a video game controller mm-hmm. and but you always need to be holding like a metal thing yourself and then your body um completes the circuit so like you touch the banana and you're touching a metal thing that's also connected to the makey and then it it becomes a controller button so when we started it in like 2016 or i mean i didn't 20 i think it's great 20... are we this, no, it's 2018. Sorry. 2018. 2018. <laughs> time, time is weird. I, it was, I was thinking. <laughs> I, no, it was not 2016. The original not. vision, I had a dream that I was going to make something in two years called Scrapeboard. <laughs> ah, okay. And well, then, that, started, that started in 20, very late December 2017. 20, oh, okay. 20, yeah, that's right. That's the thing about these long-term projects, right? You just start forgetting the specific dates. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been pretty long. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's been very long, but yeah. So it's been through a lot of iterations, and yeah, we, we, and part of it was we consulted a doctor, mm. um, and he told us he was like he he helped us uh, move from Makey Makey to. Arduino, oh, where we sure. could just have the four pads, and um, he was really excited about it being only four wires. So he was like, "It's going to be only four, four wires. It's going to be four pads, and there's only going to be four wires." And that's like a revolutionary thing in electronics. And I didn't, I didn't really, I, I just sort of was like, "Okay, sure, like that, I guess so." And then, and then we just like tell that to everybody. So that's what I still do now is I just like tell that to everybody, <laughs> but I still kind of don't understand it myself <laughs> actually blake blake explained it pretty well I, though. it's like i understand yeah. yeah yeah i think you understand it better than i do you explained it pretty well yeah i'm really smart <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because i'm not doing for this project i'm not doing any of the programming mm-hmm. uh i i make i make my own video games and stuff but yeah frank did all the programming uh for for this project so yeah it's it's funny that I under I guess electronics isn't programming, but Frank had to mm. implement this sort of like mm. ground cycling thing. And um did you do that in Pi Game as well? The whole thing is in yeah. Pi Game, right? Yeah. Well, I mean progr- programming is what I've been doing for a long time, like making games through um um through Pi Game. But yeah, le- electronics is like a whole different thing. It doesn't like it's never like a consistent like with programming it's like you know what it is or not but like with electronics it's just like this like it's just like this like oscillating power that like you're trying to make sure it doesn't like hurt someone. Yeah. I mean, I've seen code yeah. that hurts somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. 
Well, I think Blake made a game that was intended to hurt the players. So oh, sometimes no. <laughs> I've made sometimes, a couple. Yeah, you've made a few. I I guess I maybe have made some too. Like because there's risk reward in all games. Yeah, is that that's what I've learned. That's what I learned from the game design books that I read. And there's risk reward is is like a really important thing in game design. Mm-hmm. So like what's that's pretty risky. Like if you're going to be like possibly injured, like that's that's a lot of risk. Mm-hmm. Did you have folks sign a waiver before they played Scrapeboard? <laughs> Sounds like no. they might have needed that. <laughs> okay. No, no one's actually, sadly, the only person that that I know of that's gotten hurt <laughs> is is my girlfriend. Oh no! But I won't. I won't get into the specifics because I don't <laughs> want to blame anybody else for uh, her injury. But it wasn't that bad. She just like hit her hand on something else while playing it. So it wasn't the game. It was something else, you know, happened. Right. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but as far as I know, and, and I think the, the kind of uh, surprising thing is we, we, we've shown Scrapeboard at like different events. Mm -hmm. And usually there's like alcohol involved in some of these events. (laughs) And some people, there's one person I know, I will not, name this person just out of confidentiality but uh he's gotten very drunk while playing the game and his style is pretty interesting where he just kind of flails around and like kicks the board everywhere and uh he's he's usually pretty drunk but he he's not gotten hurt doing it this way which i'm always impressed by Mm. (laughs) risk reward i guess yeah someone played with uh I've done it before too, but I remember there was one event where someone played bare barefoot, mm. and I was like, "Oh, that seems like a really bad idea." But I think that night they got the high score. So, oh wow, risk reward, <laughs> risk reward. <laughs> so, so the understanding I have of the game is there's effectively four directions that you can move with the skateboard, or so how do the connections so look to the game? Yeah. That's that's what's cool about the four pads is okay. it's actually instead of four directions you get a combination of six mm, right okay. so if you do the the top two bottom two left right and then you can do the diagonals okay right so yeah there are like six different moves uh it's kind of like Simon says yeah. a lot of people are like oh it's like DDR but the the big difference here is um. This game isn't like rhythm based. Sure. It's mm-hmm. not like you have to hit it at a specific time, but it is like you have to do it within a specific amount of time. So it's more like a racing. It's more like a racing game than mm-hmm. a rhythm game. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Or a fighting game as well. Mm-hmm. A fighting game, you say? <laughs> I, I'm big into fighting feel... games, so. Well, the you have to do the bosses. The boss basically throws attacks at you. Mm. So, like, if the boss does the six moves, like you have to do those six moves. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't, I, you can't choose your own move. So that makes it like different than a fighting game. Sure. But I, I do see it as being like fighting, um, racing, and rhythm combined. Okay, fascinating. I don't see it that way. But <laughs> yeah, yeah you have a different perspective on it. <laughs> Well, I don't hear. I won't. I won't. Ex- I won't extrapolate. <laughs> I just don't agree. I just don't agree with what Frank said. <laughs> I do. I do think it's like rhythm. It's somewhere 
between you know there's a scale of all these things and i yeah. think it's somewhere between racing and rhythm mm-hmm. you but, know, but no fighting I, in, in yeah well no i think thematically so so i'm i'm a hardcore formalist here okay um mm-hmm. game design formalist and i think frank is is uh mixing up his his narrative subject with the sort of like mechanical um sort of genre specific things right frank um, is just describing it as he sees it and you're like but that's not what the textbook <laughs> defines it as yeah yeah, yeah 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 like narratively it's fighting you're mm-hmm. killing you're it's the game is about killing people mm-hmm. uh but a racing game can be about killing people as i've uh, found out over the years <laughs> so you, you you kill the kool-aid cool man which we trademarked you kill uh uh, an alien. I don't know if we've named the alien, but it's an alien. And then there's a goth girl, and she's the hardest one. Um, and you can kill a goth girl in the game, but it's very difficult to. So not many people are able to able to do it. Um, and then there's a secret person who we have not added in the game yet. That's why oh. it's not a postmortem yet. Yeah, you can yeah. Kill, kill somebody else in the game. <laughs> But it's cartoon violence, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I think like investigating the origins of a game like this, as you've described it so far, I guess like, oh, I could totally see that you came up with the concept for the gameplay and then like, oh, wouldn't it be neat to control it in this strange way and then develop that? Or it was, let's con- let's find something to do with this weird control I came up with. Um, I, 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 don't, I couldn't even guess which way you went at it, but I'd like to know. Mm. I will say it. I think it was a third way, which mm-hmm. it was simultaneous. Mm. And mm. well, it was more the controller first. I think I think you're right with that because well, basically, we we got the we we obtained a Tony Hawk signed skateboard yeah, uh, deck, cool. and uh, there's a situation where we want we're just gonna sell it. We we're like, oh, we're just gonna sell this for X amount of money, even though we got this for free. And we were both a part of this. Um, what do you want to call it? Art game collective called Baby Castles. Oh sure, um, yeah. It's a formalist society of game designers. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's not. <laughs> and then there's Frank. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because I think out of all the people at Baby Castles, Frank's maybe the most formalist out of all. Of <laughs> <laughs> um, but but basically, we got this the the deck, and I was just like, we should do something more interesting than sell it um, at this mm-hmm. like art installation. So I was like, oh, we should turn it into like a video game controller because uh, I mean. I've always been interested in all controller games, and Frank uh, was just off of making. Um, I almost called it Super Planet Liquor, which I know isn't oh, the name of the game. It's maybe just called, someday. It's just called Planet someday, Liquor. Maybe. Yeah, that would be cool if there was a super version. <laughs> um, but uh, he made he made like an all control game that got into all control GDC and all this stuff, and I was like, oh. Uh, let's make a controller out of it. And then Frank said, oh, we should make a GameCube controller out of 
it and just drill holes in it, <laughs> make it a GameCube controller. And I was like, no, that sounds that's a bad idea. We should do some. We should do something else. Meanwhile, you could have easily gone and gotten a used skateboard for next to nothing. You're like, let's take this potentially valuable memorabilia and do mm. something with that. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, so, yeah, supposedly Tony has said that he's he's glad that we turned it into a game controller. Oh. He said he's glad somebody turned it into a game oh, controller. That's awesome. And he said he, oh, my God. He said he's glad that... He was like, he's glad. He said he's glad that they're not I, just hanging it up on a wall somewhere. I think that's exactly what he said. That's actually. cool. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Tony <laughs> has he played it? He's in the he's in the game. Yes, uh, he's in the game. So when we told him about it, that's like right when he broke his femur. So, oh no! Yeah. Um, oh boy. Maybe next time we're out in uh, the the California area, maybe we'll invite him out. But uh, didn't didn't work out. Didn't work out right. But he is he is aware of it. That's cool. But yeah, basically, we 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 were just like, oh, it'd be cool if it was just a yeah skateboard, and then like you could. We, we were the idea from the start was like, oh, let's make a skateboard, a makey, makey game. Um, mm-hmm. And then I had kind of the idea of it would be like maybe more of like a more literal feeling racing game where you have to pivot uh, and hit these like sort of uh, pads. Um, and then Frank was saying, uh, oh, something a little bit more like kind of more combo based. There's something about hitting to squares that feels i guess a little bit more like combination based mm, yeah yeah i mean i said i mean i said it i mean we don't like to compare it to ddr all the time but i i when we first made it though i did say like let's just make ddr with a skateboard um but but then yeah like the timing thing um became part of it so it became a lot less like ddr um and um yeah, and I, I think wanted to just yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, uh, I think there's an element where some. I mean, this always happens. I'm sure you guys are game developers, but sometimes people come up to us at different events and they're like, "Oh, well, did you did you think of this thing? Or like, why didn't you do? Why didn't you make it this other? Way? You know what I mean? Yep. yep. Um, people people like kind of propose us all these. Um, you know, incredible ideas. Yeah, keep them coming. No, no, I don't. <laughs> most, most, I would say, I would say, I don't know if I've ever heard a good idea about skateboards specifically. I think other people have played other games of mine and have said something, and maybe I hadn't considered it, but that's never happened with skateboard. I think. Hmm. <laughs> Well, the, the, anyhow, the possibility space is so large, right? So any yeah. suggestion is pr- more likely than not going to be way off from what you intend for it, right? Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can um, also imagine that everyone's kind of design sense isn't very well calibrated because they've never played anything with that controller scheme before. So I can see exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but one one suggestion is like, oh, why isn't it like more of a rhythm game? And I think I think that's like it's interesting because I think we've actually found ourselves in a happy spot where I think part of the reason why we didn't do that was because 
electronics are so finicky, mm-hmm. right? Like it is just like a big open circuit board, right? Um, but kind of the happy accident is whenever we've run it at events, um, we've had a high scoreboard. And sometimes with like really short events, uh, people will compete for like the fastest time, mm, right? Yeah. And I think what's interesting about that is like with DDR, for instance, you're trying to be accurate. So uh, if someone's really good at the game uh, or is doing a really hard level, it doesn't look like there's some element of it where you, you understand that they're good at it. But if you're just looking at the player, it's hard to distinguish one level from the next, sure. right? But if you can see, oh, this person is literally just going faster mm-hmm. or like, you know what I mean? There's something more um, visual, I guess, about just like a, a time rather than like, oh, you got like an A plus or like an S. Something is like a little bit more like um, not like immediate about that. And and it's caused people to like, yeah, start fighting for like the high score and all this stuff. Um and I, and I feel like that's been one of my favorite things about this game. Yeah, it's it's fun. I th- I think if it was just, I mean, I've never made a rhythm game, so maybe making a, I'm sure making a rhythm game would be fun. But um, uh, making this kind of game has also been really interesting because it's like like a different type of game. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it's it's pattern based. And in some cases, the patterns are like really simple. So like, if it was, if it if it was a rhythm game, which I kind of play it myself that way sometimes because I'm like testing on the keyboard. Um, it's really really boring as a rhythm game. Like if you're able to like if you play this game with the keyboard, it's like it's an incredibly boring game. Like I've done it so many times. Like it's there's nothing interesting about it. But the looking at it in terms of like looking at patterns whether like the way it connects to like the difficulty Hmm. has been like an interesting way to like design a game and also the physical part of it like i have to basically imagine what the people are going to do um because we don't have a place to set it up right now we just um like we live in apartments so we don't really set up scrapeboard in our apartments Mm -hmm um we basically set it up at the event Mm -hmm. so like when we made when we made all the levels levels have haven't changed that much recently although there have been some like what has been really cool actually recently is that we can make like slight adjustments and then they like have an effect that we can observe having like seen so many people play it at this point um like for example level one like was like let's make it easier and I was like, I don't want to make it easier. But then I was like, well, maybe we should. Cause like we see, we watch so many people come and play it and they start playing it and like, they like it and then they lose on level one and they feel bad. Yeah. And they never play scrapeboard again. Right. (laughs) And, (laughs) and so we made it shorter and like a little bit easier. Mostly we made it shorter, but we made it a little bit easier too. And then people find it much more approachable. Um, and honestly, it's like definitely better. Like it, because like level two and level three, like they're still the same. Like, I don't want to make the whole thing easier, but like 
level two and level three are a little bit more of a challenge, but people know now they're like, well, I can beat a level, so I can beat these other levels too. Um, so yeah, that, that's like a change we made recently, but like, uh, generally they mostly stayed the same, but we made them like, just kind of imagining what it would be like if you were like standing on a skateboard and like, it would be a lot harder than playing with your hands on a keyboard. <laughs> and it, it's like definitely a hard thing to imagine, but like after doing it and then watching people play, it becomes easier to imagine. And basically we just make it easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it, <laughs> yeah. I've heard, I've heard that before where that is pretty common where as soon as it starts getting into the wild and playtesters get hands on it, you realize, oh, this game is a lot harder than I thought. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. But, you, but right. it's interesting because what is hard about it and how that's expressed is different for different games. It, but it's always a case of you just, you've gotten it in your head too much, you know how it works. And even if you're cognizant of it and you're like, oh, I know this is the really easy tutorial level, but it's actually that's harder than you expect. It happens so often. There's there's another element I think where it's just like people just see it, and I think some people just see it and they're like, oh, that looks hard as hell. Like that looks so difficult. Like yeah. I, like some people are just like, I'm not going to do that. And then what's funny is like some of the people that are like, I'm not going to do it, do pretty well. I will say some people <laughs> <laughs> say I'm not going to do it, <laughs> and, they, and it doesn't turn out super well. well. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh yeah i don't know it's yeah it's interesting mm -hmm. it's yeah because it's so like the control scheme is so non-traditional but i also think that ends up attracting people who don't even care about video games sometimes sure. oh yeah right right mm. yeah not just the novelty yeah. for people who have played a lot of video games but just something something new for others too yeah I'm curious well this is a two-part question first how much did you draw upon any skateboarding experience that you both have in the design and the you know the the coding and mechanics and then also the part two to that question is how well do real life skateboarding skills translate into being good at the game mm. so like the design perspective and the player perspective on that same question yeah well, I mean, it's interesting you asked that because I was about to mention when we were just talking about the last thing that it's it's often skaters who will think that they're going to be like really good at it. And then it's like really, really hard. Oh. So, huh. yeah. <laughs> um, so so like um, because the it, it's very different from skateboarding, like it's mm -hmm. like really, really different. Yeah. Okay. But also I, I don't have much experience skateboarding. So what, it wasn't really like a thing where I was like, I want to make something related to skateboarding mm -hmm. um yeah it was it was more just that we had that board and like how it could become a video game controller yeah yeah um but but yeah it it, it seems like it, it seems like a lot of people are like oh I'm, I've, I've done a lot of skateboarding or like they do a lot of skateboarding they'll play it and they'll be like well this is just completely different from skateboarding like you can't you can't do like the basic tricks without like the trucks and the wheels like that a lot of people like try to ollie with it and like you can't really do it with yeah. the skateboard deck. Yeah. Although I do want to see people do like actual tricks with it. Like some people There's are like one person at GDC yeah. who, who yeah. was really good and or was like um yeah was like doing tricks and I think what's funny is some people are like oh like 
they like approach it and then they just only want to do tricks on it <laughs> and usually they like yeah. can't play the game like that like they'll like fly off the pad or like you know like it'll just be like kind of like a mess or whatever but there was there's like one person and i've only ever seen this one time where uh he was like doing um kickflips and stuff but he would land them there was one time mm. he just like did like a straight run he was really fast and then he did a kickflip and he landed it directly on the pad and, oh wow. and that was like the finishing move for the boss it was like, <laughs> that's crazy it was like, so cool it's super sick um Whoa. you had to get a I little mean, notebook to keep track of style points because yeah. the game doesn't yeah. do it yeah um yeah i don't know i mean i used to skateboard uh a lot i, I was never like the you know super great or anything there there are some things like if you know how to like tic tac um, which is like the most basic skateboarding trick you can do, which is, you know, you just lift the tail up and you pivot and you mm -hmm. put it down. Like that's like most of what the game is going to be. Mm -hmm. um, so if you know how to do that, which is yeah the most basic thing um, you can, you can play it, but yeah, the balancing I think is completely different just because it's like, um, it's not like off the ground in that sort of way and it's not gonna slip out from under you either the, um something i brought up a little while ago is that you, you know you don't have it set up in your homes you you bring it out to events in order to play test it and i found that interesting because um that's something i hadn't really considered with like these kinds of more physical games is that like you need enough setup space in order to test it and iterate on it. um can you talk a little bit more about like the iterative process involved with scrapeboard like what has changed over the course of its development process it is funny you're, the, that you brought up the space aspect because we we did used to work on it um at baby castles in manhattan oh sure um we've worked on it at like different um co-working spaces and i used to live in a big loft space so we could set it up at like all those places okay. but what's funny is like over the mo more recent months or, or years um in preparation for gdc we haven't had access to any of those things like i moved out of the loft space uh baby castles isn't like doing stuff as much these days um and uh so basically a majority of us working on the game and playtesting it ourselves has been in like a basement practice space that's uh -huh. extremely i don't how how big is it yeah, it's very small. It, it basically, like if you the if you put the scrapeboard platform down, it takes up like fifty percent of the floor space. So it's it's like a very small. It's like a very small room. It's it's just like it's just like I was like spaces at a premium in New York City. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's really hard to find a place for like scrapeboard to live. And like another place we've shown it a lot is Wonderville, which is an indie um, games bar. Uh, arcade it's like a indie arcade mm -hmm. and like they don't have enough like it like people like it there and like wonderville likes it it's just that it's like there's not enough space there for us to just like leave it there yeah um even though it's like a you know it's a barcade and it's like a good place for it but there's just like not enough room for it yeah um, yeah and people whenever we show it it usually like brings like a pretty pretty good crowd to the bar and everything like that um but yeah it's just like yeah the, 
the floor, like, because it doubles as, like, a music venue, so, you know, either you're going to have music, <laughs> or you're going to have this one niche game, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so aside from, um, you know, making the first level easier, what other thing, what other changes have you made over the, uh, to the game? Oh, yeah, the, the iterative process. So, I think, I think the big thing, mm. so, it's gone through, I think, in every way you can think of. Uh, iteration and it's it's kind of funny that uh, you mentioned that because I'm not I don't think we actually met this way Frank but some of our like earlier interactions were um, we used to both go to um, this thing in New York that was at NYU called Playtest Thursday mm-hmm. and it was just saying open to the public you know all sorts of people could just come to play games or uh, bring their games to Playtest Thursday. And uh, Frank and I had gone to it quite a bit, uh, you know, before we really knew each other. And um, so, yeah, I think we we had that sort of like ingrained. So we when NYU, before before COVID, we used to bring it to Playtest Thursday, for instance, which was just open to the public. Um, but I think that the big thing is like, so we've had to iterate on, um, the, the visuals, you know, the sort of UI, UX stuff. We've had to iterate, like, on the code. We've had to iterate on, and I think especially we've had to iterate on the electronics and the sort of, like, fabrication because oh, yeah. we're, like, mm-hmm. fabrication is not our main sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's, you know, it's kind of this game is, like, super weird, so we have to do, like, uh, a lot of really specific things. It's not like we're using something that's, I feel like with like a lot of uh, alt control games, it's kind of like something familiar that's interactive that you're doing something with yeah, or something that's like already mechanical or electronic, you're like repurposing. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, it's just like completely um, its own, its own thing. Uh, so it was in a way like pretty difficult. Um, but like, for instance, like we've gone through, I think like three to five different sorts of boards. Like the first version just was covered in like (laughs) tinfoil. And then we were using like this, like, um, aluminum tape. And that was, that got really disgusting because you're scraping tape on the ground and it would get really gunky. Yeah, and and then we we did this board where it's just um, that's on the Tony Hawk board where it's just like a metal plate on the bottom uh, that we kind of drilled in, but then like the sides started to get like chipped up. Mm. And the most recent thing that I think has been working pretty well for us is I'm not sure even what is what is that. Basically, we were we had this idea of like we wanted. Um, there to be something that sort of curved at the bottom so you can uh, kind of roll over any bumps or anything that's on the ground, okay. right? Uh, because we didn't know how to inset the uh, metal plates into our platform. So we're like, oh, so like, if we don't know how to do that, can we like get something that just rolls over it? And there's like a co-working space that Frank was at and we just were like, oh, let's go to like all the hardware stores in the area. <laughs> and we ended up at this what was it a tractor supply store yeah 
I think Frank's frozen, but, but we, we ended up at like some tractor supply store and the thing on the bottom of the skateboard now is just like something for towing a truck. Uh, <laughs> and it's just like ends up being the perfect thing to have on the bottom of um, the skateboard. Yeah. This is this is honestly one of the worst. Not not one of the, this is that's being dramatic, but like in game design, <laughs> in game design, this is like one of the worst things that ever happened to me. Yeah, it's like the most embarrassing situation. Is there's this like outdoor festival in New York called Come Out and Play, and we got the game in. And what's cool about Come Out and Play is they they have like a night games and a day games thing, and the night games is under uh the brooklyn bridge or not sorry not the brooklyn bridge it's under the manhattan bridge Mm -hmm. uh in in brooklyn and it's like uh this like i don't know it's it's really it's really cool but it's like you know it's uh you're in this really old part you know there's like cobblestones and and whatever and we we were testing out the game and everything was fine and then we bring it to uh dumbo which is the area under the the bridge and the game just doesn't work. Oh no! There's just, yeah. It's just like nothing is nothing's working, and yeah. it was also this kind of miraculous situation where, so the entire event we were just like trying to fix it, trying to like um, figure out what's going wrong. We found out that it was like some sort of issue when it comes to grounding, where like really old buildings or structures aren't grounded mm-hmm. and basically we've only tested scrapeboard mm-hmm. in 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 areas that are more modern right so the buildings mm-hmm. are grounded so we weren't having this like bizarre electrical issue and what was really cool is some random guy uh so this like event it's not like closed off it's outside so some random guy uh just walked through and was like oh this is like a cool weird event and he saw that we were having issues and he ended up being like an electrician or what? something. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like, he helped us. He was like, oh, you guys are kind of screwed, but like, this is like what you should do to fix this in the future. And that, w- that was kind of a big step where we had to like put. Um, but yeah, we put resistors in you know, a circuit at that point and like. The resistors have helped like a ton in terms of like getting the inputs correct. And like it used to be that you could do like the same thing that you do with Makey Makey, where you can just like connect the circuit by touching two pads with your hands and the it would connect through your body. Um and but with the resistors, I don't think it does that anymore. But I mean, yeah, that's such a good example because like like I just don't have enough electronics knowledge sometimes, I think, to like do this project. It's like Cause we went to, we even went to GDC and like we were setting it up and we like had the same problem. We were like, hmm. we were, we were like, I, well, I was panicking. I was like, <laughs> what are we going to do? This is going to be the same thing as come out and play. And like, it's not going to work. At least in this case, what it was, was like the USB port for the Arduino wasn't like powered enough. So hmm. it was like, if it was if, if like you know like the laptop was like plugged into the wall and then the arduino was plugged into the port like they would work or like i think we were trying to use raspberry pi and like the port it just like didn't have enough power hmm. to 
uh, to power the Arduino, or like it, it had like enough that like the power was on and it seemed like it was working, but like something with the voltage was like causing an issue with like um, all the inputs firing and some there's like some sort of noise going on. So it's like, like I think you're supposed to use capacitors for something like this, and it's like you can put a capacitor between like the input um, and the output, and that like uh reduces the signal noise but like i just like i don't know exactly what is going on i like yeah read all the wikipedia for like i've like read the wikipedia of, like you didn't you didn't grab that bridge electrician's number i think we did but uh, i think i think we had figured it out um i think oh the the other kind of crazy thing is so we've even in preparation for GDC, we were like, oh, we need to play test this a lot. And we need to like get our friends to play test this. And we like did an event at Wonderville to just basically like a dry run. Like it was a real event, you know, but it was lower stakes because it's not, you know, press isn't there and things like this. And, you know, we, we ran it a couple of times and, uh, we thought everything was fine and then basically we brought it to GDC and uh, the way that we screwed the, these like trucking parts into the bottom of the skate deck uh, was just like, it was just the wrong way to do it. And like they would get jutted around and they would create these big holes and then they would like fall off. So oh. at GDC, what, what was good is we were like, oh, let's just have a bunch of backup things right like let's have everything back up as much as we can yeah yeah and the events that we had shown scrapeboard at before were like you know at most maybe um five to six hours long right uh but we weren't necessarily prepared for you know uh i guess what was it six hours for several days straight mm -hmm. right where people were playing it constantly at gdc so Basically, it was like one of the truck parts would fall off. I would have to, <laughs> I like went to Target to get like a hammer, all this sort of stuff. And basically it was like, I was always working or one of us was always working on one, one board while the game was being played. And then as soon as I fixed one, then we would swap it out and then I would <laughs> fix the next one. And it was just like, it was honestly... I mean, I think by the end of it, we had kind of found out something that uh, we didn't have to fix quite as frequently, but it was really hectic. Right. And yeah. it was funny because basically the next, uh, when we got back to New York, we had it at another event. And basically we immediately fixed that problem. And since GDCs, we've had like virtually no issues cool. running the game, That's good. which is also super frustrating because it was like <laughs> yeah. man if we if we had just like known this one thing gdc would have been much smoother i mean i think things yeah. went pretty well all in all but it yeah. was just like oh my god well you can't you can't discover those things without testing in that context right like you can't yeah. maybe you could play the game for six hours a day by yourself several days in a row but you probably have like other things going on in your life so <laughs> Totally, totally. Yeah, every event we learn stuff from it. Um, and so, I mean, since GDC, we made 
um, like a specific improvement where we use three screws on these metal pads that we use on the bottom of the board now. So we they're they're way more stable, and we've like used we've used the two or three events since GDC, and like it's three it's events. Been so, yeah, and it's been the best so far because like, well, yeah, especially specifically this one at Wonderville, the most recent one, like it. It, it it helps us to make the game better because like we don't have to spend our time like fixing it the whole time during the event we can like actually watch people play it right and like <laughs> it also it's, it's a lot more comfortable it's a lot more comfortable for people to play when it doesn't break down <laughs> yeah. yeah yes <laughs> it's interesting you described the that process it does actually sound kind of familiar i think about like showing off a game at a, at a convention you're like, oh, I gotta, f- I, I can fix that bug in five minutes. I'll do it now, like in the middle of the show. Yeah, and that, right. I, I think that's a that's a common experience, or at least a common instinct a lot of developers have when they're showing it off. And so, what you're describing is wholly unique. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, <laughs> there is something really familiar about it, which is so fascinating. Which is kind of like the um, knowing enough to be da- to be dangerous, right? Mm. And so, and so, I think if a developers listening, you know, you never like, oh, my thing is too early, it's too jank, it's too broken for me to show. Like, mm. <laughs> that is not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing is too jank to show. Oh, like, yeah. you can always, I mean, you can't always run and get a hammer at Target, but. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do, it might not help your specific game. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, nicegames.club slash shirt what can you get there what does that url mean yes good question what can you get there you can get official nice games club merchandise (gasps) what what? well it's a t-shirt oh sweet (laughs) wait i have that already you do wait you have the t-shirt i have the t-shirt what does the t-shirt feel like oh my gosh just like just like the feeling you get when you pet a tiny fluffy kitten yes but like it's a big kitten and it's hugging you all the time it's both that it's both the tiny kitten and the big kitten at the same time. At the same time. That's wonderful. It's, and it comes with the nice games club logo on it. Yeah, don't don't get a kitten like that. If yeah, a kitten comes with a logo on it, something bad is happening. Yeah, that's not a good thing. But if a shirt comes with a logo on it and it's the logo for something that you like, yeah. then you can feel really good about wearing that shirt, especially if it's super comfy. Comes in a nice color. It does. Yeah, it matches with a lot of things. Yep, I have a nice like dark heather gray. Mhm. Yep. Yeah. 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 It does go with lots of things. Okay, I've been taking notes this whole time. The only thing I need is the URL because I forgot it. <laughs> Nicegames.club slash shirt. Okay, hold on. You moved a little too, guys. Okay. Oh. All right. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> Nicegames.club slash shirt. Okay. Mm-hmm. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I want to ask you about that sort of emotional journey. Like what happened? GDC, it's, you know, it's, it's so much bigger than you'd done it before. I mean, if, if not the practical stakes, apart from that, the emotional stakes are a lot higher. So obviously, other than being stressful, what was that experience like when you re- had, was it just like, oh, this is more of the same? Or was it like extra, um, you know, uh, uh, extra struggle having to deal with that on the show floor? Um, well, what's funny about GDC was like, in some ways, it was like a struggle or whatever. Um, we like showed it at Maker Fair like a couple years ago, and mm-hmm. uh, that I think had more issues than at GDC. I mean, we were constantly working on stuff at GDC, but it was honestly, it wasn't that it wasn't it was. It was far from like the worst event that we had shown it at. Ah, okay. Um, but I mean, I think we were just also like there were there were people that were just like so into the game that you know you know it's like you know if we're showing it in New York or you know and things like that, it's like we you know like the game scene is like not super big here, so it's like uh it's going to be people that we're kind of familiar with right mm-hmm. so so it was just like really cool to like take it out to um san francisco and meet like a whole bunch of new people it was like mostly like you know like uh like college students that were playing it and they were like super into it and uh, i think it was just like such a positive experience yeah, um, yeah. that you know is kind of like whatever Whatever issues, it wasn't. It wasn't so bad because I feel like it was such an energizing time. And yeah, yeah. And you mm-hmm. you you had experience at other events, and that not only helped you with the tentacle challenges, but also when things go wrong, you're a little bit more equipped to handle, you know, all the fallout from that, not just the, the tentacle fallout, right? Yeah, and it was it was funny. I mean, this is <laughs> this is like kind of stupid, but. Uh, I mean, I, I teach um, college classes at a, at a few different places in like the New York area, and I'm I'm never, you know, I don't know if you you guys have ever taught college before, but it's like, man, you don't like it's hard to know like what your students think about you, or mm, like yeah. I make some pretty weird games. Like Straightboard is probably honestly, it's like the most like normal game I've made <laughs> Whoa. in some ways. Where where and it's like I feel like a lot of students are like. It's like, oh, you're just like making these like weird things like this is, isn't applicable or they don't think it's like interesting or cool or some of them do. But it's like most of them just like only care about, um, you know, like AAA stuff or whatever. Mm, yeah. And there is a moment where there's a streamer, Lily Pichu, and she played she played our game and she uh, posted it on uh, Instagram or something. And it was just immediately uh in my the discord for my class like several of my students were just freaking out it's like <laughs> it's like blake's gate lily peach is playing blake's game and i was like i was like i was like what the heck i was like i was just like oh this is like kind of cool that like oh i guess they can see that i don't know people can make weird games and 
it's yeah i don't know it's <laughs> i mean it still is like some esoteric stuff but like yeah yeah it's like cool to have that sort of validation yeah people um, do play esoteric things it's <laughs> out there getting played by a real person well it's a virtuous cycle yeah. right the more interesting unusual games that that are willing to either risk a smaller audience or are aiming for a smaller audience the more comfortable a lar larger audiences will be with unusual games yeah that's true. and so but it's hard to be it's hard to be there at the start right yeah. <laughs> it's like uh i imagine a future with all where weird games are common but uh we're, we're not <laughs> we're not quite there yet so there's a uh, you do a service to the whole lot of us by making weird <laughs> games and making it okay to make weird games. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing with GDC is like you can it's a chance that you can get a lot of credit. You it's possible, but mm -hmm. like there's also a risk that if it's like too weird, it might not be good credit. But like so like the the game that Blake mentioned before, Planet Liquor, that was the first thing that I showed at Alt Control GDC. Mm -hmm. And the PC gamer came and played it, which like meant that like a ton of people were gonna watch this like YouTube video that they made of it. Yeah. And it came it's a game where you lick the controller. And so it's just like it's a video of the the journalist from PC Gamer and he's just like licking the controller. And just all the all the comments from on YouTube are negative. Like it's still up, you can see it. There it's wow. just like all just people disgusting, like I can't believe that, you know, people would spend their time making something like this and like Oh come on. I think it yeah. I think it was mostly people I think it was mostly like people thought that like Nintendo was like investing a lot of like R and right. oh. <laughs> and they're sort of like, you know, come on, we don't want this Nintendo, but which I mean I do want that Nintendo if you're listening. <laughs> but, but Yeah. But yeah, but but I also actually really I really enjoyed the experience. Even the first like I thought it was really funny. Like all the comments are really really funny. So I was like, we can we can go back with Scraboard, which is kind of kind of a more legit game. Um, that I mean I guess I think that like the audience would find it more legit. Mm -hmm. And then also I'm like, well maybe like PC gamers gonna come and play it, and like other magazines are gonna come and play it. So that's that was like the that's like the draw of GDC. And then what's also cool about it is that people are people walk into alt control GDC and like almost like universally people are like, whoa, this is like weird. This is like the weird section of GDC. Like all the weird here. <laughs> and then they're so they're just sort of like into it in that way. Like they're automatically just sort of like, oh, this is cool. Like this is fun. I'm yeah, just gonna have fun yeah. here. Yeah. It's also just so cool to, I know this is really corny to say, but it's cool to like just meet all the other, it's cool to meet all the other devs, you know? Yeah. Uh, but like, uh, I, yeah, there's, there's some crazy things where it's like, why well, I, I can't, I, I don't know if I, maybe I'll get arrested if I say this, but uh, me and, <laughs> me and some of the other devs got into some hijinks. Um, oh. And it was just like, it was honestly, I was like, this is, I was, it was like, probably one of the lower attended gdc's i've ever been to or mm -hmm. easily the lowest attended gdc i've ever been to mm -hmm. but like um i don't know if you guys played the pastry panic game but uh, i did not know i hung out with the all these devs from uh singapore and they were they're just so cool and it was just like a good environment and it gave me hope you know it's like <laughs> you're stuck in you're stuck in new york and uh you know the people you know and people are only kind of making 
a certain sort of thing and then you you yeah. go and you're like oh this it's like a little bit more of a community than you than you realize yeah right right you, you know you still may be one of few but you're not the only one yeah right. yeah yeah right so where do you guys like where do you want to take it next this is this is the this is the moment that we've been waiting for since before the recording started. <laughs> well, maybe we can split that up into because we talk. I mean, really, the 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 main thing about this game is its alternate control input. Mm -hmm. But it's it also is a game with levels and bosses, and so taking it forward, there's the refining the machine, mm -hmm. but there's also the game, and uh, and those they that's a, they have a conversation with each other, so. What what is the next step for this project? Is it refining the machine, or is it working on the the software, or or is it or do they have to move a completely locked in tandem? What what's kind of funny is I think there's an element of like I, I forgot what freaking artist said this was it Picasso or something it was like you know it's like. Uh, you know your paintings finished when 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 you're bored of it or whatever <laughs> yeah. like, but, yeah. but you can imagine the quote i don't remember it exactly oh, i think it's um like, uh no art is finished it's just abandoned yeah, yeah 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 and i don't remember exactly what my point with that quote was but, <laughs> but basically it's it's an out is what it is <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> um so i think actually that's that, that quote isn't correct um like i think there's things that's like oh you can you know there's there uh especially with games there are like genre standards if you show a game to like some random kid or whatever like or like some student you know you can judge the quality you can say like oh this isn't finished or this is finished there's there's a there's a quality where you can sort of tell you know uh some people say oh the artist is dead but you know, there still is the idea that you can kind of tell the intent behind something. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's an element in which, oh, I could work on Scrapeboard for forever. But I do think that just recently, I think especially after GDC, we've reached a point where it's kind of like it could this could just be done the way it is. And, mm -hmm. and that's it. Mm -hmm. Like we could, you know, visually polish it um a bunch we could add new levels um blah 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 i know some people say like the term vertical slice i do think that like what we have right now is kind of like a vertical slice and um but there is some element where it's like oh this is kind of finished and i'm like there's nothing like urgent that feels like i need to add to it mm -hmm. but it's like we've also talked about like oh uh, it would be cool if we like got bands to make music for it and like mm, each yeah. each level had like some song made by a band we liked or like it would be cool if it had like way more levels um yeah. we even have talked about like um some sort of thing where <laughs> basically you're recorded playing the game and then uh at the end you can like see a gif of yourself playing the game <laughs> like we, we've like gone through so many different sort of iterations like uh yeah like all the animation isn't completed in the way that i would want um you know animating the backgrounds you know this or that or the other thing but i do think that right now it's like pretty pretty good spot 
Yeah, it's at a good spot. I want it to be stable, right? Like it's it it's I'm trying not to think too big about it because it's like I don't want to think so big about it. And then it's like we go and bring it and then it's just broken. So it's like we want it to be stable is like a really important part of it. And like, you know, it, it would be really cool to take it to the point where it's like it's so stable we can put it somewhere and then we don't have to watch it the whole time. Yeah, so we talked about that a lot at GDC like that would be like a real arcade cabinet. And, like, from, like, talking to other people since GDC and talking between ourselves, we started talking about how, like, people were suggesting, like, embrace that it is, like, this low-tech DIY project. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, it and, like, not take it to this point where it has to be, like, because, you know, the DDR machines like their feats of engineering like right. they're yeah. they're like all metal like the entire thing is metal and they're like drilled into the ground it's crazy um <laughs> and they're they don't break down and it's like we like i don't know maybe we could write the proposals for that but like we definitely don't have the budget for something like that so it's like i'm like i guess i, I we've sort of been like is that what we're supposed to do is this an arcade game and so like and then we've we've sort of been talking more about leaning towards like embracing that it's low tech and that it's also we mentioned that it's made with Pi Game, which is open source. There's a lot of open source um, components to and at Arduino as well, which is uh, open hardware. Mm -hmm. So it's like there are a lot of open source components to the game. So what if people could just build it themselves? Yeah. And if they so if we release the source for the game, the software, we release the source for the hardware, um, and we show how make videos of how we've made it, people can make it themselves as well. Mm -hmm. And some some people that we talked to from GDC, other devs from Alt Control GDC were just like, we want to make a game for this platform. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, we, yeah. Okay. Which, I actually hadn't thought of that, and then like, uh, uh and then uh, that, that was, was the uh, that was the good yeah. suggestion we got. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's like so it's like could it be that? <laughs> also, I'll say most of the the good suggestions we've gotten have all been yeah all uh technical <laughs> like the uh, manufacturing all this sort of stuff has been really great. Um, but when it comes right. to game design, I'll I'll reinforce. We we know what we're doing, <laughs> but uh, that I think the other big thing that we're trying to that we want to do is it's like that it is kind of a thing. I mean, we've shown it in New York a bunch of times. Uh, honestly, we should be showing it more than than we have been. But it's like when we do an event at at Wonderville, or when we do an event, you know, here or there, or some other place in New York, there's like a group of people that will come out that like we really only see the like people found out about scrapeboard and uh there are some people i really only know from them coming up to coming out to these events mm -hmm. and they're like and and these are these people that are grinding the game and like trying to get the high scores and th these are the only places i interact with these people it's like right, uh, right maybe i'm friendly with some of these people but it's like these are these are like the fans of the game and it is kind of like <laughs> I think this is the the big thing we're trying to figure out. It's like, oh, we spent like, you know, n off and on like five years on yeah. working on this game, <laughs> like four to five years working on this game. It's like, you know, what 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 do we do with that? You know, it's not something we can just put it on Steam. Uh, right. We can't just like 
manufacture it ourselves. So like, you know, um, yeah. What, what do we do? How do we like sustain it? How do we do these things? And, and yeah, I guess we've been trying to organize some like events and things like that, but I guess also trying to figure out like, yeah, is there anything else we should do with it? You know, et cetera. Uh, because I, I think that's the interesting thing about all control games is like, oftentimes it's like, you see them at all control GDC and then you never see, mm-hmm. no one ever sees these games again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what's interesting about Scrapeboard is it's like, oh, this is a game that even before GDC, uh, when we used to show it at Baby Castles, like it had a life at Baby Castles and we, we bring it to MAGFest every year. Um, but like, yeah, um, yeah, that, that's like been my favorite thing about this game is just like, yeah, people, people like want to play it. Uh, when when they see it in person mm-hmm. yeah you have that you have that interest which not a lot of indie developers can say it's true but <laughs> but your your pro your problem is is how do you uh how do you leverage that yeah how do you yeah it? yeah that's that's a tough one but uh, yeah like you say it's different from a lot of those uh alternate controller games which are really designed to be shown off once or twice conceptually but it seems like you believe enough in the idea that you that it c- could make it to market somehow, but that there's still a big hurdle <laughs> to figure out what that looks like. Mm-hmm. That's such a, right. a, a very interesting conundrum to be in. It's tough. Um, I, something that maybe is a little similar we've compared it to. Um, uh, uh, we've compared it to sometimes is like Killer Queen, which mm-hmm. is yeah, not, it's not an alternative controller game but it is a physical game and requires people to actually go somewhere to play it. Mm-hmm. And a big part of its success was starting a community, like what Blake was just talking about, where people would come out to play Killer Queen and they would meet up with each other there. Mm-hmm. And they just got with the game that way. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's like there's been a little bit of that forming around Scrapeboard. Um, I guess... Yeah, I don't know. I I guess for me, it's like I mostly just like make games. I'm not really like a community manager, so like I don't. I guess that's not really like my strength. But like, mm-hmm. um, I I do see how there's like definitely potential for it for a scrape board. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of opportunity, but I guess y'all will have to reevaluate that at some point. <laughs> over and over again. We'll have to have you back on to unanswered question as of yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you'll we'll have to have you back on for the actual post-mortem. For the, post, the post-mortem instead of the mid-mortem. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show. For show notes and links from today's conversation, go to our website, nicegames.club. Visit us on Twitter at Nice Games Club, where Dale tweets about game dev resources and real-time cloth simulations. Ooh. We like hearing from you, so tweet back. Or email us, contact at nicegames.club. Nice Games Club is on Patreon. Support the show and get stuff. Sign up at patreon.com slash nicegamesclub. And if you want to keep things more casual, just stop by nicegamesclub. Nope, nicegames.club slash discord. We got to do another one of those mid, mid-roll mid things. Steven, I've lost the URL. Okay. Nicegames.club slash discord and say hello. Next week, we'll be looking at verisimilitude and indie game credits. But that's it for this week. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice.
I hope I pronounced that right. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 